Hi, my name is Sandra Marcone, the host of XY and QZ, which airs every second Thursday evening from 9 to 10 p.m. here on CJSR 88.5 FM. And you are listening to a special show titled Friends of CJSR. CJSR is a volunteer-run community radio station, so you could say that we get by with a little help from our friends. Friends of CJSR are the 55 businesses that give discounts to all volunteers and fund drive donors who offer their time and money to help our little radio station that could. We couldn't do what we love without their help. Given that COVID-19 continues to disrupt our day-to-day lives, we here at CJSR thought we should check in with some local business owners. We wanted to see how their lives have been affected, talk about some positive changes that will hopefully come out of all this, and ask them how their community can help to support them through these difficult times. This week I spoke with Chris Burwash from Listen Records on 124th Street. Listen is not only a shop to purchase music that's on your radar, it does a phenomenal job of putting new goods on your radar. I myself have discovered so much incredible new music by following their weekly newsletters, and I'm sure many other music lovers in Edmonton, as well as beyond Edmonton, have as well. Just a forewarning, I was unable to record my conversation with Chris in our beautiful studios located on the University of Alberta campus, so I had a virtual meeting with him on a Zoom call and recorded that audio. I'm Sandro, and you are listening to Friends of CJSR right here on CJSR 88.5 FM. Here's my conversation with Chris Burwash, owner of Listen Records, Edmonton's Eclectic Music Emporium. Hey, man. That's the weirdest uh... way to make a phone call I've ever experienced. (laughs) It's a couple digits there, eh? Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. So how you doing? I'm all right. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Had a day of working inside my house again. Nice. Nice. And how about you? How was your Monday? It was all right. Sort of the, the usual, pull all the weekend orders, fortunately not receive any boxes because I did enough of that on Friday. So, uh-huh. so tell yeah. us, how, um, how did Listen Records come to be? Was it always a, a dream of yours to own a small business or did you study business? That, no, I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a dream to own a small business. I don't know. I always bought records when I was in school and, or CDs and all that. Whenever I'd come to the city, I grew up in small town Saskatchewan. Okay, Where, whereabouts in Saskatchewan? Macklin. It's an hour south of Lloydminster, just along the Alberta border. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I moved up here and went to school for a bit. And when I was out of school, I was working retail and just kind of was needing to mail order records that I wanted all the time. Right. Order everything in, and I was kind of like, "There's got to be a better way." Edmonton's a big city, and one thing led to another. My dad's an accountant and was an entrepreneur, you know, self-employed kind of guy. And so rather than, you know, pitching your parents or your family, oh, I want to open a store and then being like, that's stupid. My dad was like, so make a business plan. <laughs> and, you know, like encouraged it, which was kind of weird, but. That's handy. So did you. Now, so yeah, no, I mean, some... it's, I mean, it never would have happened without that. Right. And I mean, at any time we, you know, every step of the way, he would actually cause me more work. And I mean, still every conversation with him cost me money. He was like, you need to pay this. Did you do this? But that's probably why I'm still around as well as having somebody telling you what you need to do and bills you need to pay or recommendations rather than just going for 15 years and be like, taxes, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It sounds super helpful. What was, what was yeah. his business? Uh, he, he had an accounting firm. He also farms, but he mm-hmm. just was a CMA there. Right. So 
And yeah. what did he what did he farm? Grain. Mm-hmm. Actually, just sold the farm this year. Finally. Wow. So when you were in that small town and you were trying to get records, how would you go? Yeah. About, how would you go about ordering them? I mean, there, I mean, I would just we would come to the city like whenever I had relatives in the city up here in Edmonton, and then family in Saskatoon as well, and that. So we would just in in the city often enough, I would go buy stuff. Right. And then, but then once I had moved to to the city myself even starting to find and and back then it was largely vinyl i mean there's lots of stores and when i was in high school you could find cds and most things but as when i had, was getting a bit older you know early when i opened the store when i started to think about it i was wanting to buy records and they weren't mm. and so by records concern. yeah so by records you always mean vinyl like buying wax yeah right yeah yeah i mean they were around it just not as abundant and i somehow had the the vain inkling that I needed to open a store to do it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was first buying CDs, I also grew up in a small town. And so it was like the trip to the city and you've got a set amount of cash and you're like, I can buy four four or five things. And you'd take your friend's list. You'd go with your list of all your friends lists as well. And so we'd, we'd orchestrate it. So we'd, you know, we'd all buy different stuff and then you'd tape everybody else's stuff. Right. Oh, That's smart. That's smart. Nice. Oh, we had a real system going on. (laughs) Uh, and so when you decided to open up Listen, how did you decide to open it up on 124? Um, that was, I mean, I suppose <laughs> sort of market research, probably not. But, you know, like, there wasn't, there was already stores on the south side. There wasn't as much over on this side of town. I'd lived, I don't know, at that point I'd been living in Edmonton probably five or six years or something like that and had lived in various areas and was just always a bigger fan of this sort of central north side area mm-hmm. and there wasn't much over here at all that's smart yeah back what? then and there wasn't there wasn't i guess because it when i opened the old the second location of sound connection was on 124th street and then there was also deviate was along here so that it was kind of sort of like there was more record shops but not necessarily competition either like deviate was a straight DJ techno dance shop mm. sound connection was more just used right at that point. So, I mean, they had some new stuff, but again, lots of CDs as well and all that. So I kind of was like, well, it's, you know, sort of a little bit of makes it a bit more of a destination for more shops that might care, but or people that are going to hit a couple record shops, but not a bunch of competing stores trying to sell all the exact same thing either. Right. Did you know the owners of those other two shops when you opened up yours? I kind of knew or had talked to the deviate guys some mm. because it, especially because we weren't really, I actually, I think originally I looked at a space in their building underneath them and I didn't even talk to them because it was, and they were sort of keen on the idea of me opening down there because we wouldn't be carrying necessarily anything the same, but have, you know, two different record shops in one right. building would have been kind of cool, but it was a basement unit that was kind of eh. So that, I don't even remember now how all that fell apart, but I think even probably the landlord was like, I already have a record store. I was like, I know, I've talked to them. They like the idea. He's like, oh, I don't think so. So you've always been in the same location where you're at now? No, I was in one other spot before this for six years. I used to be on the corner of 107th and 124th. Okay. And why did you move? What's that? Why did you move? Uh, my lease was up there. We didn't have air conditioning in that building and I had mm. air conditioning here rent actually dropped by moving over here you know just typical business things really (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. I mean, your space is, is, is perfect for a record shop now, like the one you have. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I got a great deal cause it's a small front, right? Which you don't, yeah. you don't need a huge front. I'm not doing fancy window displays. I mean, some stores do, but we don't. And that's so, it, you know, I got a great price because of that. So. Mm-hmm. How, and how is, I guess, so I guess you've been on 124 your whole time. So that'd be like since what, 2001, as I see on your yeah. website here. And has 124 changed a lot since 2001? So now or has yeah, it always kind of been the same? I would say mm. it's, it's, I mean, it's a weird street because it is broken up, unfortunately, by blocks of residential or mm. it's not busy enough as a retail street that, that, you know, sometimes a nice, neat building will pop up and it'll get bought and converted into like an office space. Like there was a, you know, there's a big pawn shop building next to where the Roxy used to be mm-hmm. or burned down where they're rebuilding. But there's a, it was a big pawn shop there. And I remember when that went up for sale, it was, you know, it's 5,000 square feet and it's kind of like, Oh, that's pretty cool. But it was a really deep building, which did make it kind of difficult for stores sort of, but it got bought and it's like a law firm or like a design firm or something something like that right but it's this huge and they did a, it's a beautiful building the reno they did on it's great but it's still no retail and there's just it's always been like that around here good buildings will get snatched up and used for not retail right. or you have a block like right across the street from me is an entire block of residential basically yeah which i mean it keeps the density or the you know the traffic and all that like it, it, we don't have a million bars which is a nice alternative but it really prevents it from really really blossoming as a really busy shopping strip because even if people come to go shopping they walk a block and they're like oh well there's no more shops okay and then they get back in the car and they drive back to millwoods or wherever right Right. like that right that block that kind of the block kitty corner to where i was where the roxy was the home of the roxy is there and that whole block north of there is a good solid block of retail and i that's why I originally kind of opened up that way and even a little bit beyond, but even beyond that, I think there's only one side of the block has shops and then the other side is like a church and nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's so broken up. It never really grows that much, but it, it's got enough. Like the, what I've found, I've always operated the store as a destination. And so it didn't really matter to me right. if this area was busy, but the neighborhoods around us, have slowly been converting over into younger people and more and more over the last 10 years, I'd say I've the amount of times I'm like, Oh, do you need a bag? Like, no, I'm good. I'm just walking home. I'm just a few blocks away. You know, the number of foot traffic customers we have is huge compared to when we originally opened. That's cool. Which was basically non-existent. So yeah, no, it's been really great. And it's sort of a unexpected perk. <laughs> yeah. And they, I mean, they have that festival. I was there over the, in the winter, they had that kind of winter festival that was going yeah. on all up and down 124. And you see yeah, some lots of other little shops have been popping up like Woodshed Burger. I know that's further up by the Duchess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's great our, restaurants our around here. Denim is next to you. Yeah. You know, that just well, and I mean like that's, I mean, James and who opened that James and Jana with his wife. I mean, James worked for me for like 15 years. Oh, <laughs> so okay. When that space <laughs> opened up, like we knew the neighbors next door and I mean, I think he was working here one day and that neighbor at the business. So it used to be uh, like a payday loan place basically came mm-hmm. in and told us they were moving out. We just looked at each other and immediately emailed the landlord of the property management because they had been looking for space and it was just like, I have a tenant for you. (laughs) Nice. So we jumped at getting them in there. So there's lots of great little shops around here now and more and more that have held on, you know, like local 124 up the road, all the little restaurants and all that that's opened up around here. And then 
there's loads of businesses that have been around here forever too, like Ascendant Books. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's too bad when the, um, Western Cycle moved, got forced out of their building from the LRT expansion. And I mean, they were supposed to be moving and were wanting to look around here, but they've been closed far too long. I don't really think they're opening again, but. Right, right. Well, on the topic of, yeah, business relocation or, or trying moments of business, what has the COVID situation been like for you? Like what happened basically when COVID kind of ramped up? What challenges have you faced? Uh, I mean, yeah, it was uh, pretty crazy at the beginning. Like nobody knew what was going on, right? Mid-March we were yeah open and, and, you know, you could see the writing on the wall and seeing stores in like Ontario and BC just being forced to close by the government and I remember that last weekend we were open. It was just kind of like, you're kind of uneasy and everybody, anybody that came in, like I ended up actually working on the Saturday because our one weekend employee was sick, you know, and just like, Oh, I don't know if I should come in really. Like, yep. Guess not. And so I ended up coming in and it was really kind of weird because you can't, and anybody that came in, you were kind of like, Oh, is this person going to like make everybody in this room sick? And like <laughs> it, it didn't, nobody did. Right. I mean, it was hardly a thing in Edmonton at that point, but it yeah. just was stressful sort of. And so that Monday morning before I came in, even I was just like, forget it. <laughs> it's just, I'm too stressed even thinking about, do I close? And if, if people come in, let's just close up. You, you close and hope that you're going to open again soon. Or hopefully that, you know, I think that was everyone's thoughts is, Oh, if we all just close down. And I mean, that, that Monday it just cascaded. Like I think as a few different businesses all started saying, okay, we're closed right now. Yeah. Like everyone was like, anyone that was on the fence was just kind of like, okay, yeah, everyone's doing it. Let's just do it. And you've made a, and, made a conscious decision once the government was kind of wanting everyone to open back up or, or at least saying that everybody could. I remember some from so, social media posts of yours that you made it like a conscious decision to actually stay closed for longer. What kind of went into that? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm still closed. I'm yeah. the, only, the only store I think that's still closed. And I don't know. I mean, some of it's maybe just me being paranoid, but I'm actually less paranoid than I think mm-hmm. people think I am. But it's, we're, we've got a web store that allows us to sell 24 hours a day. And people are really taking advantage of that. I think, I don't know if it's that partly that people, a lot of people don't want to go back out into stores. People like, I don't go to stores unless I absolutely have to. That's right. sort of the way we're supposed to be approaching this thing yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. So I feel quite strongly that records are a very tactile, physical thing. People want to come in and browse and touch all of the product. Mm-hmm. Sort of not what you need right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's largely as well. We're just a small shop, right? We only ever usually have one employee working at any given time. Mm-hmm. And right now functioning that way, we are quite busy in that time when that we're here working, I'm, you know, packing orders and updating website, receiving stuff or whatever. It's extremely busy to add the layer of being open and having people in the store and have to worry about cleaning after them or whatnot. I just can't fathom how that would be feasible without more staff, which then incurs more costs. Would we actually be busier because of that? Like we wouldn't be busier than we would be normally. And we can't justify having two people on staff all the time. So how you justify having two people on to be doing less business because you're open during a pandemic. I don't know. Right. I'm just like, I, you know, I think about it and I think about when we're going to reopen quite a bit and I'm still just like, well, I don't know if this is, this is working extremely well for us right now and it's much safer. I don't have to worry about the cleaning thing. Yeah. 
Do you think it worked I mean, out really well for you as well? Because you, you already have, I mean, something that's, I find so attractive about your store is that you put out the weekly list, which for yeah. me is basically full of brand new things I've never heard of. And it gives you the chance to explore stuff and check out all kinds yeah. of new music, but you, you, you already had that up and running well. Before yeah. And even virus. our web store was up for two years before this. We barely used it. I didn't put as much on it. And, you know, most people didn't use it to buy stuff, but it was all in place. So when we decided to close up, I honestly thought that we were going to be told at some point I couldn't come in and do curbside, right? Like that's originally, you know, I figured, okay, well, this is it. We'll go in and, you know, we'll settle up some stuff, you know, sell off or get rid of some of the people's holds or whatever. And we'll have a week in the store before the government tells us that we can't be leaving our house. Yeah. And then they'd never shut down curbside. Like, like that was always one thing that was still allowed. And, you know, it's even, you know, Sherbrooke liquor and a lot of different restaurants mm-hmm. and stores, everyone started figuring out ways to do curbside and sell stuff a bit on the side or, and put money through the till. And that just kept going. And that's, I've found our website and curbside has just picked up more and more. Your the, the use list is busier. insane. Like when you when you post stuff, yeah, on that's the become list, a problem for me. <laughs> that thing is fire. It's so hot. Like it, stuff goes up. It, I've it, seen it, stuff on there, and I'm like, oh, this. Th- there's a lot of pressure. I'm worried I'm going to start running out of good stuff to put up. I keep I go home and I just look at my records at home. And I'm like, hmm, do I have anything I should just get rid of? I mean, I have <laughs> stockpiles of stuff in the back that I'm going through, but like I'm going to run out at some point. <laughs> Man, what's the story with that Frank Ocean Blonde? It, I, that's just a ridiculous record that it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist, right? I mean, that record is not old enough to be worth what it's worth, but they did it. It was a Black Friday thing. It was only available through his website for one day only. They took pre-orders and made however many they sold. Wow. But it was kind of expensive when it was on there. Like, I think yeah. it was about 80 bucks or something like that. Yeah. So a lot of people were like, that. it's just going to come out anyway. And it didn't. It never did. And yeah. so, and I mean, he's huge, right? I mean, it's the perfect storm of, they didn't end up making very many. I mean, I have no idea how many they did. I'm sure it's thousands, but tens of thousands of people want that record. And yeah. so it just, you know, it proliferates into an, ex- an extremely exorbitantly priced modern release that has no reason for being that expensive. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad I got rid of it because I'm sure at some point it's going to get repressed. And then the only reason it's worth money is because you can't buy it any other way. If you're just tuning in, I'm Sandro Marcone, and this is Friends of CJSR on CJSR 88.5 FM. I'm chatting with Chris Burwash, the owner of Listen Records on 124th Street. I'm chatting with him about how he's navigating COVID-19, helping you keep stocked up on all the wonderful music that's out there. So um, what would you say, I guess it's been relative smooth sailing with the online um, system that you've yeah, got. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's working and we're in the groove of it anyway now. So that's another reason I'm not opening up yet. I don't, I feel like the numbers aren't going down enough and we're doing well enough with it that I'm like, it's just kind of working. Yeah. What, it's, what tips would you give reinventing to other businesses? It all again, uh, what's that? Like what tips would you give to other businesses? Let's say that they had no online presence or they had no direct, <sighs> direct purchasing online. What, what tips would you give to other small businesses if they, I mean, that's the hard thing. Well, that's, I fortunately use an online or a a point of sale system that is the website is a back, it's a backend integration thing that's just there. Right. And so it's, 
extremely easy for me. It works really well. It's great. I mean, and I've done like the company that provides it. I've done, you know, interview referral interviews with other stores looking to use it before. And I did a few at the beginning of the COVID lockdown with stores. And I mean, it's a great system, but to just jump in on it, you know, at the drop of a hat now, it's pretty hard. I think like it would take quite, it takes quite a bit of manpower. Even I don't have the time to get enough old back catalog up there that we have sitting on the shelf. Right. I mean, that's one of my like downtime. If it's slow or I'm not busy, I try to add more old product on there because it, you know, people aren't coming in and seeing it, but if you have it up there, it sells. Um, and it's always been kind of crazy because all of a sudden I'll go add, like if somebody asks me about something, I'll go and add it, right? If somebody asks me about Radiohead, I'm just like, oh yeah, here, and I'll just throw them up on the website. And half the time when I do that with something random like that, all of a sudden I'll just sell out of all of it. Right. Because then, you know, anybody that is looking all of a sudden, there's like, oh, look, Radiohead, and they'll go and order it, right? Yeah, and that's almost that's almost that old adage when you're in like kind of a classroom setting and someone asks a question, usually they always say, I mean, it's a bit stereotypical, but they say if someone's asking the question, usually there's three or four other people that are thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's crazy for record shopping because it's what I've found in talking to people that are doing the curbside pickup and that is record shopping from home is really different. And it's it's funny because it's not necessarily something I've ever been that interested in providing completely and i'm glad a lot of it's just curbside and not mail order per se because mm-hmm. i mean I, that was my always my thing i'm not into mail order i wouldn't sell my used stuff online and all that because i wanted people to come in to a store and see cool stuff on the walls in the store or whatever different scenario now so it's kind of well you know maybe we should just keep it closed but it's now i mean the classic things people would come in and you'd be like oh are you looking for anything like you know i've got a huge list but i don't i always forget it and i my mind's gone blank nine out of ten people say that when they go into a record store now people are sitting at home yeah yeah and with their records in front of them and they're like oh i don't have that one record by sonic youth or whatever and then and while they're looking at their stuff and they just go oh look he's got it in stock and i've got this other record i'll just buy those together boom yeah so it's it's wild how things change for people when they're sitting at home it's they they fill in holes that they didn't even realize or they kind of forget about when they come into the store and even adding stuff randomly in blocks like again you get people buying things that you know i've mentioned it to numerous times people like oh it's kind of crazy i would have thought you would have had that i was like oh i thought so too until i was looking at it on your site and sitting right next to my records and i looked and i didn't own it you know so it's completely different (laughs) yeah 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 but like that's cool and you is was it a conscious decision on your website to leave the things up that are not in stock but you still leave them up there. And then when you click on them, then it says it's out of stock. Is that a, for the, the way the site runs it... or just in general in, in just in general, in general. Yeah. I mean like the, for new product, I mean, it, if it'll come back in stock, you know, it'll be there. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess my, my thing with the new product, like if you had say, well, like that new, um, Hiroshi Yoshimura record green. You know, I blew through a ton of those over the weekend and I'm sold out. But if I take it off the site completely, people just, you know, if you go looking for it and see, oh, they don't carry it or you don't have it, right? It's that sort of, it, it, if it shows us out of stock, there's kind of, you can, and then on the website, it does have a wish list sort of want list options. So you can add it to your oh, want right. list so it'll, you can keep an eye on it and see if it comes back in. And you can see that we carried it or That's carry right. it. Yeah. 
if it's gone, people are like, oh, I guess they don't carry that. That's weird. They have the other one. With, I just find it too. It, so it, it's, it's like a, it's kind of a memory jogger because you see what's kind of yeah. come up and what's gone through there, and then it starts to jog your memory of different periods or different kinds of genres, and you're like, oh, yeah, and it's sort of or... an archive, right? So I mean, there's stuff on there that I know I'm not getting back in, and I leave it up partly because if you are looking for that sort of thing, like I mean, a good example would be the Zilviet France box set came out last year. You know, that is not coming back in, mm-hmm. but it's on there still. But if if somebody's just Googling around the internet looking for that, they might find our site and be like, oh, right. well, they don't have it in, but this store's got tons of stuff that I'm interested in. Oh, wow, they're just in Edmonton. I live in Red Deer. Huh, cool. I had no idea. So, you know, kind of leave it to find new customers and whatnot. Use yeah. stuff. It, I do take it down eventually. I do like to leave it on a little bit just to kind of motivate people to pay attention. Yeah. So if you see stuff on there that you're like, oh, man, I totally would have bought that. Damn, it's gone. Then you start paying a little more attention and try and keep up with the <laughs> daily posts. <laughs> totally. Totally. It happens. That's great, man. Um, the one last question here for you. What do you, yeah. what do you miss most about kind of pre, pre-COVID Edmonton? Maybe just your shop, but also just pre-COVID Edmonton in general. I mean, just being able to go in places and not, be remotely stressed out about it. That was great. Seeing friends and hanging out more. I mean, having large group discussions, right? I mean, record stores, that's the classic record store thing, you know, and we would have that all the time, especially on like a Thursday night or Fridays where you'd have people just keep coming in and all of a sudden you have 10 different people or five different people all talking about something or whatever and getting into a big fight about it or whatever, you know, and that stuff's really fun. You don't get that anymore. I mean, (laughs) it's it's that, that social thing and you know and that even goes to live music that's not much of a thing anymore right so that for sure yeah that's you know as i'm getting older and have kids i don't get out to as many shows but then again my kids are getting older and i'm starting to get out to a few more shows and then (laughs) it's all shut down for now and it's uh kind of wild to think how live music is going to be impacted by this and for how long i mean cramming people into small basement venues anytime soon i don't think and yeah Yeah. let alone big festivals as well like it's just crazy (laughs) yeah i have a feeling i just a hunch that the big festivals outdoors probably have a better chance or if some venues can kind of adapt to having an outdoor patio setting or something yeah yeah it'll be interesting i mean it's i keep joking you know my my wife I, i went to staples one day to go pick up price stickers and she's like you still price stuff? I was like, well, you never know. They could figure out tomorrow that the Tylenol cold and flu is a magic cure and the pandemic over game on, right? You never know. Like it's, it's crazy to think that as much as everything's changed, there still is that lingering hope that maybe somebody's going to figure something out or it'll go the way of SARS where it just evolves into nothing and everything will go back to normal. But it looks like there's some promise out of Oxford today. There's a clinical trial on um, a vaccine they're developing in Oxford. It looks like it was oh, yeah. showing, showing some promise. So we'll see. Yeah, it's, it, it, it'll be interesting to see too, the longer it kind of goes on like this, how people's mentalities and how we interact will change. Like will, at what point will people be like, nope, never going to a bar again. Yeah. Or yeah. never going to see a live band again versus like, cause right now, you know, as the government rolls out, 
or removes the restrictions, you know, bars and places are busier and busier. You know, so people are pretty, depending on what stores you go to or what grocery stores you go to, some stores seem still fairly careful and concerned and other stores don't seem like, like the, it's like going into a time warp. You go in there and it's like, oh, wow, this is like seven months ago. It's yeah. not any different than it was in January. But you go to other stores and it's still nerve wracking sort of. So it's, it's kind of wild. Yeah, it is. There's, I agree. There's totally a split between different kinds of stores and how they're approaching it and yeah. the people who go in them. This is just a wait and, wait and, and see mean, situation. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool, man. Thanks a lot for the chat. Um, yeah, no problem. Thanks. All right. See ya. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Bye. See ya. The way that we have all come together through COVID-19 to support each other is truly incredible. Even though people are staying home, we're still finding ways to support the businesses we care about to make sure that they make it through this pandemic. One day we'll all look back on this time and reflect on the strength of our community. And, you know, this is a community that is resilient. So nice today to have a chat with Chris and talk about how his business is holding up. So many things we talked about are things that every single person in Alberta and around the globe are dealing with. It's important to always remember that you are not alone in this pandemic, even though it can feel that way sometimes. Chris Burwash is a heck of a dude and a true friend of CJSR.